This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. So, Doug, who is today's special guest? Hey, this is Doug Stannard with the Fearless Presentations podcast, and my special guest today is Tom Antion. I've known Tom for years, and pretty much if you've been in the speaking business for, for a while, you kind of know Tom. Tom's done just about everything in, in both speaking and, and helping professional speakers develop. Um, I, he's been on you know news TV shows, you know MSNBC and a whole bunch of others. Uh, plus, I, I've I've known that that Tom has when I first started. I just t- kind of tell you my little story with him. Uh, when I first started uh, the Leaders Institute, I was a brand new company, and uh, and uh, although I'd been in the industry for about ten years or so, nobody really kind of knew who my you know what my company was. And Tom was kind and gracious enough to kind of promote me on his website a little bit when I when I first got started. So I really appreciate that a lot. So anyway, so welcome, Tom. Welcome to Fearless Presentations. Hey, it's my pleasure. So thrilled to be here. Yeah, good deal. Hey, so you know, I was thinking uh, when when I kind of talked to you about possibly doing a podcast with me, it, it kind of hit me that I don't know a lot about your background. I mean, I know you where you are now, but I have no idea kind of where you came from. How did you get in the speaking business in the first place? How did that come about? Was that something you always wanted to do, or something that kind of happened by accident? Well, it uh, it was kind of an accident, but I have been an entrepreneur my whole life. I have never had a job since high school or college, uh, and uh, you know, always been an entrepreneur, doing my own thing, making money, uh, figure out a way. You know, entrepreneurs will work eighteen hours a day to get out of working eight hours for somebody else. You know? sure. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I had started an entertainment company. It was it was an oddball thing. I was watching Candid Camera, and I thought, you know, people can't get caught with the Candid Camera unless they live in California and, and it's you know they happen to be caught. Well, I thought, what what if we create a service that would let them get caught anytime they wanted? All right, so. So I created a company called Prank Masters, and we custom designed practical jokes and did over 4,000 of them uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. And during that whole time, you know, I was uh, developing my comic timing. I wrote custom humor for six years straight. I was pretty much a professional comedian at the time. And I always thought there was something bigger out there. And I was in Crown Books in the middle of the day, and I, uh, I moved to let a lady go by in a baby stroller, and I hit my head on a book called Speak and Grow Rich right. by Dottie Walters, who was kind of the grandmother of professional speaking. I called her up, had a consultation, and boom, I started a speaking career, which was, you know, I was doing these practical jokes for, I don't know, 75 to a couple hundred dollars each, and my first professional speak speech was $1,250. So uh-huh. I thought, hmm, let me think about this. <laughs> yeah. 
That's how I got in it. That's hilarious. I had no idea. Yeah, the, um, mm-hmm. I know what when when I first started the Leaders Institute, um, you had a, a you you were already making money as a as a speech coach. You know, so you were traveling around, I guess, and teaching people. But you were also doing a lot of that. You were one of the early kind of entrepreneurs who kind of targeted the online market, where you were teaching people how to do what you do online. Yeah, that was. Uh... Uh, I got into speaking in 1991, and uh, Dottie Walters, uh, as part of the business of speaking, which I'll talk about later, uh, taught me to become a product machine because it enhances your speaking and lets people take you home with them and all that stuff. Um, but around 19, but you know, it was, it was hard enough in those days to sell your products across the street, right. let alone around the world from your desktop and. Around 1994 is when the commercial internet came around, and I thought, I'm gonna figure this out, man. I love this idea, because I'd never had a job, I never commuted, I always worked out of my home, and I thought, I can now even sell my products when I'm not speaking. Right. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, around 1994 is when I really started hitting the internet stuff, and only for the, uh, the idea of selling my own stuff, and by, the year 2000, I was a multimillionaire on the internet. Wow. <laughs> so, so uh, it's uh, it's not a fad. Some lady came up to me and said, "I guess this internet's not a fad, is it?" <laughs> I said, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> well, I, mean, the, the, I know you and I are really interested in in you know the the um, the online marketing and and that kind of thing. But actually, the the purpose of the of you know kind of what we do on fearless presentations is is uh, really helping people become better at speaking in front of a group mm-hmm. and really getting getting more comfortable, getting more professional in, in your appearance. And I know uh, that since you've been in the speaking business for so long, you've become kind of, you know, you were talking about Dottie, but, you know, you've become kind of one of those gurus that everybody goes to in the early stages when they're when they're first starting their their careers. So what kind of tips could you give folks that are, that maybe in the business world, they're, they're, uh, they're um, uh, just now starting to speak and, and probably just at their office that could kind of help folks get, get started on the right foot? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, uh, before I do that, I really want people to uh, understand the value to their career about this uh, in, a, in money, in prestige, in openings for jobs and so forth. Because, see, the people that uh, are the ones that uh, don't get the ax when times get tough are the pe- people that can motivate others and uh, really get productivity out of people and excitement out of the people that are left, even though they're they're working harder than they ever did. And uh, also the job opportunities are more available to them because they're more visible. People know their name, they know their capabilities. And in addition, on the side, you can have a professional speaking business where you can get paid just for what you say. I mean, this is one of the best businesses that I know of that you could just talk and people will give you enormous amounts of money. So, right. yeah. so there's a lot of benefits to it. Well, I mean, because uh, when they're doing that, they're doing what most of the people in the audience wish that they could do. So that's one of the things. Most most people feel so uncomfortable to get up and speak in front of a group. So when that person can stand up and really say what he wants to say the way that he wants to say it, he can really command attention and be seen as the expert. And that's one of the things that we've been teaching for years. So Absolutely. And uh, I, people come to me quite a bit for uh, the the financial benefits, but what they can't ignore is 
uh, being great on stage. See, there's two parts to this. One is being great when you speak. And I'm not talking about being great where you spoke at church and people patted you on the back. I'm talking about being great in front of audiences that eat their young. <laughs> okay. And I'm talking about being great to the point you're the last speaker at a sales rally in Las Vegas before they hit the golf course right. and they'll still listen to you. That's what I'm talking about being great. So you have that part and then the business of speaking, if you want to turn this into um, a, either a side business or a full-time business, because I know a lot of people in the corporate world would love to get out. And uh, but they, you know, they're tied to that paycheck, and right. the, yeah, so so this would be a way to inch your way out, and then maybe go full time later. Sure. But but anyway, my wake em up system that I developed around, uh, I guess it was around uh, 1997 or so, is based on attention gaining devices, huh. and this is uh, pretty much the reason that I get the longest slots whenever I'm at an event because it's over with and you don't know what hits you. People like, I, you know, most of the time it's like, when's this gonna be over? And in my case, it's like, I can't believe it's over. My God, two hours went by in no time. Right. And, it's, and it's nothing because I'm some superstar, it's because I act like a professional and I use attention gaining devices. There's, I have 11 of them I've identified. I'll, I'll blast off some now. Prompts, sure, sure. stories, voice inflection, stage movement, asking questions, visuals. There's a whole list of them that you can use. And some of them I might use 20, 30 times during a presentation, Doug, and nobody knows what hit them because right. the words were different, but it was the same technique that I used. So uh, I'll give you an example. Sure. One of the biggest... Uh, biggest complaints people have from the audience point of view is the, the, the presenter was monotone. They were just blah, 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 you know, and it, it, it lulls you to sleep, right? right? So voice inflection is one of the uh, attention gaining devices. So let me give you some examples. If, if I was a relatively quiet presenter, which I'm not by the way, but if I was, and I just went through quietly talking about my points, if all of a sudden I get excited about something, boom, that's an attention gaining device. Right, sure. If I was a loud presenter like I am, and then I went, hey Doug, this is just between you and me. Right. I whisper, that's an attention gaining device for me, say. Right, and sure. And part of that logistically, and this is why I really cover all these little logistic details with professional speakers too, is I couldn't do the whisper technique if I didn't have a good microphone. Sure. Because the people in the back would never know what was going on. Right, sure. But if, if you have a good microphone, uh, the, the, they can hear what's going on even though they can tell it's a whisper. Now, I got a super genius technique. Part of, a lot of my system, I've got genius techniques that aren't hard, but nobody ever told them to you. But right, right. If, if you want to instantly, I'm talking instantly, be more interesting as a speaker, regardless of what you talk about. Here's the tip. You emphasize the adjectives and the verbs when you talk about something. Okay. All right, let's, let's give you an example. I'm sitting here right. in my living room looking at my uh, window treatments. Sure. All right, so I'm going to describe them to you. 
Doug, I have these beautiful window treatments and they just light up the room. Uh-huh. All right. So beautiful is an adjective. I hit that a little harder when I was speaking. Right. And then uh, light up is a verb. And I hit that a little harder. So uh, do it again. I have these beautiful window treatments that light up the room. You see? Sure. All of a sudden, you're more interesting. So write that one down, everybody. <laughs> that, like I said, instantly makes you more interesting to listen to. All right? So uh, there's just all kinds of stuff like that uh, that uh, we teach you in my wake them up system. So I, just out of curiosity, how do you how do you? Get, I know that some people might be uncomfortable, especially if they're if they're new to speaking, they're or they're uncomfortable about trying some of these things. Um, what what kind of tips do you give folks that are you know basically maybe if they're they're just starting out at speaking, they're they're just hoping that they remember what they want to say, <laughs> okay. and you know so they're not they're not really. To the point where they're they're uh, focusing on the inflections and stuff like that. How do you get them to slowly add that into their delivery in order to to make that more natural for them? Okay. Well, first of all, you have to act like a pro. You do the things that a pro does. And so one of the things is called a, te- a technique called bits, chunks, and series. Basically, it's their synonyms for little chunks of your presentation that you practice. Uh, listen to this, Doug. Sure. 30 to 50 times out loud while you're doing something else. Okay. So you could be taking a shower in the morning. You could be driving. You could be jogging. Uh, not at the club because people will think you're weird, <laughs> weird. <laughs> you know, saying the same stuff 30 to 50 times. Right, right. But here's what happens. If you just practice this, this little piece of material five, ten times, you sound like you're a robot. You sound like uh, you're just memorizing. Once you hit that 30 to 50 times, when you're doing something else, uh, a magical thing happens. It's really magic. It starts to sound conversational rather than robotic. Interesting. And if if a hurricane hits in the middle of your presentation, you you can still spit that chunk out because you've been through it so many times and you must do it out loud because you can't just do it and visualize in your mind because your lips don't always go where your mind is telling it right so if you've done this 30 to 50 times minimum out loud while you're distracted doing something else now when you're on stage nobody can uh, you know if the busboy at a, at a luncheon drops a tray of stuff Nothing flaps you because right. you've been through this so many times, and then you can start concentrating on these nuances to make you really great rather than just great. Right, sure. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, so, uh, so um, in those 11 tips, uh, you mentioned one of them was stories, which is one of the things that we focus on a mm-hmm. lot, and the re- reason why is because stories are unique to every single person that is this telling them plus they help us reduce nervousness reduce fear that kind of thing the faster i always tell people the faster you can get into a personal story from your own experience the more credibility you're going to have and the more interesting you're going to be to to the audience i i find though that sometimes people kind of resist telling stories they say well my stories just aren't that interesting which to me sounds ridiculous but i, I guess that's kind of a normal thing that people go through when they're first starting out anyway Well, that's a little bit of a self-esteem issue, and some of it uh, really stems from your childhood. And and that 
I don't know how much you all concentrate on stage fright and performance anxiety, but I did a lot of studies of this years ago. And uh, much of it, if your parents said, you know, wipe that stupid smile off your face and kids should be seen and not heard, right from your formative years, you start to thinking what I say is not important. Now, if your parents uh, encouraged you to speak up at adult gatherings and introduced you like you were an adult and that you were important, uh, so as a parent, you really need to think about this, what you're you know, creating right. for your child's future just in those early formative years. So sure. if you went through that as a child, you have, to, uh, you have to overcome that by saying, hey, what I, you know, they asked me to be here because they thought what I had was important. And you have to keep affirming that so that uh, you, 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 know, you don't fall into that trap that, oh, what I say is not important. No, they're going to be paying you money and spending time listening to you. They must feel it's important or they wouldn't have had you in the first place. So sure. you got to drum that into your head. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I find, though, is that when folks really start to open up and tell people their stories, it, it makes their presentation so much more interesting. They're so much more entertaining. And, and I think a lot of times, especially people in the business world, kind of forget that part of the part of the speaking process is giving information, but the other part is the entertainment part, and we kind of forget about that, and so we go through 142 gazillion PowerPoint slides and stuff like that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you have uh, ex audiences expect an entertainment value, right? But you can uh, use self-effacing humor, of course. Uh, that is a big rapport builder, so they're more open to listen to you. And your personal stories, I mean, uh, there's speakers that their whole career was based on one, one signature story, they call it, right. and they get booked forever because of that one story. That people can't remember their name, but they remember the story and say, get that guy that does the, you know, the so-and-so story. Uh, so stories are extremely powerful, but here's the thing, how to make your stories great. And it's a pain in the rump. Right. You record your story in front of a live audience. And then you come home and either you personally do it. It's better if you personally do this, no matter what kind of big shot you are, it's better if you personally do it. Because one thing about it, especially when you're with CEOs and stuff, they can't delegate this. Right. When they're on stage, they're going to be a schmuck or great, all right? <laughs> and they can't say that, well, it was the secretary's fault because I'm a schmuck. No, it's your <laughs> fault. You're a schmuck. So what you do is you take something that was done in front of a live audience where you couldn't start over, and you transcribe it. Every single word that came out of your mouth, every single sim syllable, um, ah, repeating the same thing over you type it down and when you look at it you say oh my god i can't believe it. i said it that way and then you can start the awareness of it just like ums and ahs and all that stuff right. uh helps you reduce it and make it better right off the bat and then you can say oh i should have said this first and you start rearranging things so it makes a better right. story and then you evolve that story over time and uh, it doesn't all happen in you know telling it once or telling it where you get it because the audience has to get it. Right. Also, another tip on stories, Doug, is you should have three versions of your story. You should have a, sh a super short version for radio and publicity and TV. You should have a medium version on stage when you don't have a lot of time. 
and a longer version when you got all kinds of time. Right. See? And then here's another, here's another genius tip for you with regard to stories. You should have a quotation that makes the same point as your story. Now why? Because if you've been in this business or you know spoken a lot, you know your time gets cut. So most of the speakers that are newbies are in the bathroom sweating to death. What am I going to cut? How am I going to do this 45 minutes and 20 minutes? Right. And freaking out. Well, no, ahead of time, you should have already thought what material gets cut and what stories I can substitute a quotation for that makes the same point. Sure. And then you're just cool as a cucumber. And then if, they, if your time doesn't get cut, you've got your full blast. You can do uh, as much as you want. Yeah, and hey, by the way, what, what Tom is talking about there is really one of the most elite kind of things for, for a, a speaker, a person who can, a speaker who can get up and if they're asked to give a 30-minute speech, condense it down to a 15-minute speech on the fly. It's one of those things that not many people can do, and the ones that can do it are, are really um, at, a, at a much higher level in the marketplace anyway for, for speaking gigs and speaking engagements because time always is important to the meeting planners that are hiring. So the very, yeah, very important thing. They can do it, Doug, if they plan for it ahead of time. Sure. And if it's, if it's critical material and you're getting paid, you need to t- talk about with the meeting uh, planners ahead of time Okay, if the time gets cut, what do you want me to cut? Because they expect you to deliver all this great information, and then they, they say, right. okay, cut it down to 15 minutes. Well, the, the inexperienced speaker is just going to start talking faster because they haven't worked all this out ahead of time. So a lot of the on-stage stuff is easy if you've prepared ahead of time. Right. Hey, so we've talked a lot about, the, about you know, how to – you know, speak on stage and that kind of thing. Let's talk more about the business side, though, because you kind of mentioned earlier about that that fee that you were generating very early on, and that were that was a few decades ago. So, a, a brand new speaker who um, you know is maybe in the business world and is starting to speak at association meetings or something like that. What kind of fee would a, a person be able to generate uh, in today's marketing world or in today's business world? Anyway, well, it depends on your uh, position in the company. I mean, major CEOs can get fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. All right, but if you're a, uh, a mid-level manager uh, with a, a, a prestigious company name behind you, uh, you can break in at uh, anywhere from thirty-five to five thousand uh, dollars or more, depending on the prestige and the uh, how bad they want you. So, uh, but. You know, with none of that behind you and no track record, it's it's difficult to break in at the high fees. Right. So I devised a method that I have done over a hundred times personally. So this isn't like a book learning method. This is uh, something you can really do. The number one way I break people into speaking is called speaking and fundraisers, huh. and it can be uh, under your corporate uh, uh, guise or it could be personally. But and it's not the kind of speaking at fundraisers where you speak and you cross your fingers somebody in the crowd likes you and right. hires you. This is right. where you devise a fundraiser and split the money with the group that sells tickets to their members. So I've got a whole training system on this. And i got a webinar. Uh, one thing they should write down is TomAntionWebinars.com. TomAntionWebinars.com where I have all kinds of webinars that teach a lot of this stuff to you. Um, so that you can go out and implement it. Yeah, but uh, 
Now, another thing about associations and people in companies really need to understand there's a, a difference in a company asking you to speak and an association. And you can say one word wrong and they'll never, they'll never hire you because associations use different terminology right. than companies. For instance, if you said, oh, I could come in, uh, let's say you're speaking to the Insurance Brokers Association and you say to the meeting planner, well, um, I could come in and talk to your employees about X, Y, and Z. Well, they don't have employees. They right. have members. Sure. And so as soon as they hear that, they say, oh, you're clueless. You don't know what you're doing. We're, yeah. we're not risking our job to hire you because you don't even know us. You know, so so you got to be, you have to learn the terminology of the business of speaking to. Sure. We've got uh, somebody who is working for a company, maybe in middle management. Um, they they are very, very good at what they do. And I think one of the things that I, I kind of figure out is that as folks are kind of going through my public speaking classes, they don't realize how much of an expert that they are at that thing that they do every day and how valuable that information is. You know, and the, what I always tell folks is if, you're, if you've been in the same position for five years, 10 years, 15 years, you've become that expert. And if somebody brand new was going to be coming into your organization and you were going to train them, they'd probably, or they'd want somebody to train them. They're probably going to want somebody that is an expert to, to train that person. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of don't realize how, how important that information is to the companies that they work for and to other companies, to to people that are in the industry, people that are just starting out. To give you an example, we um, one of my my uh, my sister-in-law is a is a, a manager at a, a fast food restaurant. She's been doing that for a couple of decades, and she has some of the highest numbers of any franchise out there. And I always tell, I keep telling her, hey, you need to get in the speaking business because you know how many franchises are out there that would love to know your system, know what you've done to be able to hire the right people, to be able to train people, to be able to increase that customer service and stuff like that. So, uh, and uh, you know, I think a lot of folks kind of have that expertise and they're just trying to kind of get it out. And and I'm assuming that that's kind of a lot of the clients that that you work with, Tom, that you're helping them kind of get started in making that transition. Yeah, I mean, the first time I talk to somebody, like my jaw drops at some of the expertise that they have mm -hmm. that that uh, they forgot years ago right. that a new person would just kill to know. Right. And uh, and I have to remind them of that all the time. And I hope we're reminding your listeners that if they've been doing anything for a long time, I had this one lady. Uh, she she uh, has been doing yoga for over twenty years, and she knows every system, every trick of the trade. She's uh, in her mid-40s, and she looks like she's 20. Right. Um, and, and I said, you need to write a book about doing yoga at home like you've been doing for 20 years. Well, I don't know. Who am I to do that? What do you mean, who are you? You're, <laughs> you're the walking poster child for this. Yeah. yeah, so she wrote a book on how to... Uh, you know, yoga at home or something like that was the name of it. And uh, uh, but I, you have to draw this out of people because they're just wrapped up in doing a good job, which we I applaud heavily. But uh, that knowledge could be imparted. And it's and Doug, it's way more than just speaking or doing presentations. Sure. One of the things they need to do is create products, just like Dottie Walters told me in 1991, right. become a product machine, because um, this knowledge 
uh, and your reputation can spread far more wide if it's uh, on a video or a written document or a book or a, uh, a CD or an audio file. Uh, and then people can get benefit and your your name just keeps spreading around bigger and right. bigger and bigger because of it. Yeah. Now, and Tom, I'm going to date myself here because when I started um, in the in the speaking industry, the big thing was when you were creating products was you were creating cassette tape albums and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Then, I, I, then we went to the CDs and then and now and then everything kind of moved to online. Um, are are you and your your clients um, seeing a big shift because of the kind of the YouTube generation that expect everything to to be free? Is that getting more difficult to to kind of create products that that people are willing to pay for, or is it just kind of promoting it a little differently than what we might have in the past? No, it uh, people still buy stuff. So here's here's the thing. Every uh, I always th I've been saying this for years. Everything I've ever said in my entire life, Doug is for free somewhere on the internet. Sure. You pay me to put it in one place for you. Right. So that still is where, because people are lazy. Right? Right, I hate sure. to say it, but they're lazy. And so if I dump it all of you in one place and you just have to give me your credit card and I'll give it done back to you when I'm done with it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, people are still buying stuff like crazy. Now it's more digital. And it's more online, you know, log into a membership site and right, so right. forth. But still in the gift market, if you happen to be in the gift market, you don't go to a party and bring somebody an unlock code for a CD or an audio file. You bring them the CD. Sure. You bring them the DVD. And these red boxes around the country where you can go rent a DVD are still packed all the time. Right. You know? So there's still room for physical products. But in the in the business world, it's just as easy to do it uh, online and let give people access to it. But they will still pay you for it. Right. I have a uh, one thing I wrote called repurposing how to sell your knowledge in 19 different ways. Oh, nice. And only only one of them is speaking. But speaking can really accelerate things because when people see you live in person and you do a great job and they're laughing and learning, wow, that just accelerates all your other sales and online stuff. So they work hand in hand. Great. Uh, yeah. And so I, in, in kind of closing, Tom, tell us uh, how they can get information that, that you've kind of repurposed or you packaged together. What, what kind of, what are the, what are some of the, if, if somebody's just starting out and they're wanting to kind of get started and they go onto your website, cause you've got a ton of stuff. It's really, yeah, I got you know, lots so. of websites too. So one thing they should do is go to greatspeaking.com and sign up for the e-course top 10 ways to make money speaking. That's nice. one thing they can do. Mm -hmm. Then they should go to TomAntionWebinars.com and there's various speaking webinars among other webinars there that they can watch for free. Then uh, for extremely serious people, there's two items. Uh, one is Antion.com, A-N-T-I-O-N.com forward slash speakervideo.htm, speakervideo.htm. That's my wake em up video professional speaking system that covers both being great on stage and the business of speaking. And then if they really want my personal help, I have a uh, antion.com slash pro speaking, which is my speaker mentor program. So lots of resources for you in all price ranges, uh, but uh, we're just totally dedicated to 
getting rid of uh, boring presentations worldwide. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. Okay. So, and we'll list all those, all, all the links on the podcast notes. If you go to fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast, the, the current podcast will kind of show up with all of those links to, to Tom's different various sites and kind of a description of what each one of those will take you to. So, Tom, thank you so much. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I, I, again, I really appreciate all the help that you gave me when I was starting out and and uh, and, uh, and glad that, that uh, you could be a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast as well. My pleasure, Doug, and uh, great success with this podcast, man. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 